I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. It's Christmas week, and as such, we are welcoming a very special guest host in Mid-South Moments, a man I have known since the age of 11. We started out being somewhat unsure of one another, but then bonded over a set of top trunk cards on a school trip to Knoll House and never looked back. Pete Norris is here. How are you doing today, Pete? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, apart from the fact that we are tier threed before Christmas, yeah. aren't we, unfortunately? So, um, times. Yeah, absolutely. But we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on COVID for too long, but we are going to talk about wrestling, obviously, it's a wrestling podcast. So I think it's, it's probably fair to say that you are probably a f- kind of fringe fan over the years at best, albeit we've had some interesting and unique experiences over the years that we that have been linked to the wonderful world of wrestling. Um, so we're going to jump around here a bit here because I feel rebellious. We're not going to go in chronological order. But I think one of the one of the kind of more epic tales to tell is jumping straight back to Marbella in, in 2016 and my stag day. <laughs> so for American listeners who may be unaware, stag do is what we call a bachelor party. Um, the gentlemen go on before their wedding days. And it's customary for the groom to be stitched up in as many ways as possible on this adventure. Um, so after being subjected to dressing up as Supergirl. I, was it supposed to be Supergirl or was it just uh, like a tiny Superman crop top? Was it, I say Supergirl, yeah, I I'm not it, sure that the intention. Yeah, generic superhero. Yeah, um. <laughs> generic superhero with my gut exposed and also a pair of shorts that left n- nothing to the imagination. I should have really, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to leave that one there. You can probably guess what I was going to say. So um, yeah, we, basically the big set piece was set up later, later in the trip on the, what was the second night? I suppose it was, wasn't it? The second night of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, the, the fact is that you, you've obviously been such a passionate wrestling fan over the years that you've pretty much dragged along all of our group uh, at some point into that sort of passion. Yes. So we've all had good exposure to it. And I think that what we wanted to do was to, you know, it is customary to kind of uh, stitch up uh, the stag, but we also wanted to give you one of your dreams. So uh, so we did all dress up as wrestlers. We did dress you up as china uh, the famous china so how did how did this how did this come about how was because i know basically we had a whatsapp group that i was involved in and then there was a whatsapp group that i wasn't involved in for the stitch up the stitch ups can you remember how this whose idea was it can you remember how it all came came about i don't remember who individually came up with the idea i think it was uh, someone put it up there and everybody jumped on it and said that's perfect Mm. and then obviously there was an issue with uh, my brother joe uh, managing to go onto the group that you were on and completely ruin the surprise and then come up with quite a strange conspiracy theory that if you add a thousand smileys in a row to WhatsApp, you can delete any messages within oh, that gosh. group, um, which was quite fun. But yeah, we uh, we kind of mutually got to got to the, the idea and then uh, all uh, decide on which wrestlers we were going to be. So basically on the, on the evening, um, I think we've been out for dinner. I think we were all feeling pretty worse for wear, weren't we, on that, on that second day. So we went out for dinner and went back to the hotel. Um, and then I was shoved, I think, forcibly into uh, one of the rooms. Oh, no, onto the balcony, wasn't I? Onto the balcony. And I think the, the Game of Thrones thing, the shame, shame thing was, uh, was quite big at the time. So I was getting that chanted at me. And then basically, one by one, I think, were you in charge of the music? You were doing the music, weren't you? Or, or yeah, did you still yeah. take turns? Yeah, we were taking in turns and, and um, we did entrances. So we yeah. had the entrance music for each of the wrestlers. They would come into the room and, I mean, you were a kid in a candy shop. You were I couldn't believe it. So I'd hear the entrance music and they'd each come out in different uh, different outfits. You had everyone like Hogan. You were Steve Austin, weren't you? Um, Steve Austin, yeah. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior was in there. You had your brother Joe as a really random 
uh, Mick Foley, didn't he? He's the only one I didn't get. Yeah. Is, is he had like a weird like yeah. inflatable yeah. club with him, which I didn't really understand. Um, no. Yeah, it was just it was just absolutely incredible. And we all went out, uh, and I was so at the end. I thought I'm clearly getting stitched here with like I thought maybe Miss Elizabeth in like a shiny dress or something. Um, but actually, there was kind of a very pleather-heavy China outfit, which was revealed, which was a little bit awkward, as unbeknownst to all of you, she'd actually died about two months before this. So it was <laughs> yeah, like, not in the best taste. <laughs> no, not in quite quite poor taste. I will tweet out a picture of us in uh, of us on that night, and we went out to to Lineker's, which is in, an infamous chain of bars and clubs across the Spanish and Greek islands. And honestly, I had one of the one of the absolute nights of my life. So yeah, thank you very much for that. But it was just. I remember we did it. We had a little bit of a raw rumble moment in one of the Marbella streets as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. I mean, it was during the 2016, uh, I want to say European European Euros, Championship, yeah. not the World Cup Euros, yeah. right? And we all had a stroll down to uh, to the main square uh, where there was like a small sort of locals bar. It wasn't really a sort of a tourist place at all, um, and all a bit nervous, you know, because it was the start of the night and uh, very respectful, you know. Yes, uh, you know, just a couple of lagers here and. Uh, <laughs> you know, sitting there and very chill watch a bit of football and everyone looking at us like we're crazy but you know we're just we're just we're just sitting there enjoying ourselves i think cut to 40 minutes later you've got champagne pouring down your costume into detail. <laughs> yeah someone was someone was drinking champagne off a um a part of body a part of a body that i don't usually have but did have yeah. on this night so yeah and uh, Royal Rumble. Was that probably made it sound worse than it was, actually, wasn't it, really? But yeah, I, yeah an, no, an, ups, an upstairs part of the body, shall we say. Yeah, Get, carry well, on. Someone, sorry. Hit, someone hit me. I'm sure they hit me with a steel chair. I mean, <laughs> I don't know where they would have got it from. <laughs> I had a bruise for weeks afterwards. <laughs> And there, yeah, there was some, there was, and then there was basically just like a five-minute rumble in the street, wasn't it? I think we all went a bit, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But no, it was, it was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal, uh, really incredible. So. Going back in time now, um, we talked we talked off air about this. So what are some of your kind of early memories sort of being exposed to us? I guess it was probably a couple of times quite a big thing at school, but um, mm. what, do you, what, do you, what do you sort of remember? Were you old? Were you old enough? We're the same age, but it's obviously a few months apart. Can you remember British wrestling on television or is that beyond um, your memory banks? Yeah, well, I think that obviously everyone at school being so into it or you being so into it really dragging everybody else along and my my first memory i suppose is probably itv in the 90s yeah wcw uh, as i was at the time cably challenged you would define it as cably challenged someone that didn't have cable Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i remember around i don't know 92 93 it was yep. on itv saturday afternoon wcw uh, worldwide yep. yeah yeah big van vader sting yeah, uh, they're the two that come to the top of my head, um, and I don't know if this is right. You can tell me, but I, I remember that they would they would have sort of steel chair hits and stuff. They'd put car would they put cartoon graphics over the top of the action, and um, like I can remember the sort of blam and smash, or it would stop and it would like it was you know Saturday afternoon, so I suppose they they felt they couldn't show it. I think I think possibly, but they definitely had that on Channel Five in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Maybe there was something on. I'm pretty sure on Channel Five around that time they showed WCW at maybe like six or seven o'clock in the evening, and I can't remember what yeah. show they showed then. But yeah, it was weird that WCW was always kind of the one that was on free to air television. Yeah. Um, whereas WWF was a little bit in the eighties on free to air, was but was always behind kind of the Sky paywall, if you like. After that. Um, but yeah, it was a big deal. I suppose. I suppose your that that early time was um, 
kind of towards the the back end of the um, first kind of big big known run of of wrestling being you know American wrestling being seriously big here. Then I remember us the second one, the kind of Steve Austin, the Rock around the time that we're doing our GCSEs and also um, you know A levels and stuff. So the equivalent of like mm. seniors in in America, which is slightly done slightly differently here but we had a common room in our college uh, and I remember it being on people bringing VHS tapes in and we'd watch that that was probably the I, I think that might be even bigger thing so I remember most of the boys were into it in, around that time weren't they, I think yeah I think well I, I can remember going around people's houses and watching I can remember around I don't know I feel like early 2000s yep. Channel 4 picking it up and showing the Royal Rumble that was a big yeah thing it was that, 2000 that Royal Rumble yeah there was some yeah. weird stuff happening yeah. uh, in WWF <laughs> at that time <laughs> you know for it to go terrestrial at that point and for people to be given birth to hands and uh, yeah May you know, Young at Madison Square yeah. Garden yeah 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 I mean it was pretty weird and I don't know did Channel 4 know what they were getting when they started showing that well funnily enough so the Royal Rumble 2000 was live and that was the first pay-per-view they showed and that had uh, that included May Young and a prosthetic pair of breasts being exposed. Um, right. And then by the next pay-per-view that they showed, which was in July. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was April Backlash, sorry. Uh, yeah, April Backlash. It was Rock and, Rock and Triple H in the main event and Steve Austin came back. They put it on the 50-minute tape delay. So they basically yeah. were like, we're not, we're not possibly risking anything here. And the thing for Channel 4 is that, um, and this is the same where people, can, there's a new company now, AEW, where... They're the, it's shown on ITV4 on a Friday night, but they don't show it live. I'm just like, well, why would they spend money to, to show this live? Because no one's staying up for it, really, apart from mm. a few diehards. Mm. And no one's watching the, you know, and if you are, and also if you're not staying up for it and you're recording it, no one's watching the adverts. It's like there's no, you know, there's no, I didn't really get that deal for, yeah. for Channel 4 yeah. at the time. I, thought, I, I can't remember if they showed it, you know, what they, what they ideally would have wanted to do is show at eight o'clock or something in the evening the next day and it would have got a few more viewers, but they were never going to do that. So it's yeah, almost pointless. For sure. Yeah, yeah, um, but that's quite funny, really. You know, I think that, that that really sort of got a lot of people into it that, that wouldn't have really been that bothered. I think just yeah. it being available, and obviously that led on to you being the you know the host of many PPVs yeah. <laughs> at your house, Guthridge no, I Towers. I don't really know how I managed to get people to to actually do this, but it's just like I guess it back then it was just like people just wanted to do stuff with mates, even if it's like a bit obscure. And I remember standing well, few... yeah. Sorry, go on, yeah, go on, go on. Well, I was just going to say, well, we were too young to go to the pub, weren't we? We were too young going to, to go to the pub. Uh, we, uh, you know, everybody liked to get together and have a drink. I remember, you know, once we just disappeared all day and our mums sort of ringing each other saying, where are they? And we'd walked down to a pool hall in Pearly, on the Pearly Way. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so we used to do weird stuff. So we, it's not we'd go that, we literally, we'd walk, for that pool place was 45 yeah. minutes walk. And we'd yeah. go and play pool for like, uh, like eight ball pool for five hours and then walk home again, wouldn't we? Yeah. And it was even further for you. You had a yeah. 45 minute walk to the bus stop to get another, another 20 yeah. minutes back home. <laughs> But it's just like you can't even imagine doing that. Imagine walking anywhere for 45 no. minutes now to do anything. Well, yeah, exactly. But I think that that sort of tells you a bit about what, what, we, were, what we were like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember your, your big draw, your big thing that you used to do to get people around was you was like, you'd say like, right, lads, I'm going to put the PTV on and everyone would be like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, who's in it? And it'd be the usual suspects. And you'd say, but I'm doing sandwiches on order. Yeah. Whatever you want, whatever <laughs> sandwich, whatever sandwich you want, you can have. And we used to say, okay, right, well, you know, you're not going to order a cheese and pickles. So, I think one time I asked for um, 
a chicken tikka served yeah. in a naan bread with crumpled onion bhaji. <laughs> did you get that? And you I delivered think... the goods. Yeah, you, yeah. you delivered the goods. See, that was later. I think that that might have been even like post post uni. But I remember some of the stuff from from around around the time. But it was like. I was trying to outdo myself in terms of the spreads, but basically all that all that ended up happening yeah. was that we'd be eating all this ridiculous food until four a.m. and then have indigestion for about four days. Yeah, I think that, to be honest, now now we're now we're approaching forty. I think one of those nights might kill us off. Actually, to be honest, with uh, yeah, chronic indigestion. No, no way. I also remember about around that time, and I think this I can't remember how many times this ha- this happened, but when we were when you were seventeen and you were going out in Croydon. The, there were a few places that you either had to get in so early that the bouncers were not there. So you turn up at like 5.45 yeah. to get in and they do a little sweep and then kick you out. And then the only place that we could end up getting served was Riley's, again, pool and snooker hall, yeah. which yeah. would show Raw. Because Raw back then was not shown live. It was shown at 10 o'clock on a Friday night on Sky Sports. So I remember being in there yeah. at least a couple of times with you when uh, you know, we'd been booted out of the Black Sheep Bar in Croydon or whatever, which is no more, sadly. Yeah, the the, the, the the real sort of brain of Britain plan there was to say, let's get in the bar at six o'clock before the bouncers start work. Yeah, yeah the bouncers start work at eight. Well, the first thing they did when they started work was go around the bar and ID anyone they thought looked underage. Any, any boys? Yeah, 100%. So I remember one night we were in there and there was probably like eight or nine of us boys and there were probably like four or five girls from our sixth form. And, and so we were spread over two tables and the guys that were on the table with the girls, they didn't get ID'd and the guys that were by themselves just like, get out. So yeah, yeah, I remember that being, uh, and, and I remember that that was only a classic kind of college argument because the boys that were in there with the girls, uh, which was not us, um, didn't wouldn't leave. <laughs> so it was just like, <laughs> sorry, we already didn't speak to them for about two weeks after that. Um, so straight down to the pool hall and uh, yeah, sit on a leather sofa, just the three of us, me, you, and Stephen, watch Raw. <laughs> I have one partner Fosters and watch Raw. Basically, yeah. it, it was also in Croydon that I I went to my I think this was my second ever. British wrestling show, and I guess that must have been your first, first of two wrestling shows. Or have yeah. you been to wrestling yeah. with the kids? No, I think um, no, I think the well, we're going to talk about it later. But Japan was probably the was was different class. But this was Fairfield Halls. Yeah, Fairfield Halls. You know, yeah. What year was it? Not like late ninety nine, I think. I tried to look right. it up actually, but I couldn't. I couldn't find it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was. If I had to guess, I think it was April. I think we were lower sixth. I think it was April May ninety nine. I would say. So then yeah. towards the end of the first year, um, and the big star on the show was Tatunka was there. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's weird because, you know, as I said, I really don't have that many memories of it before sort of mid-90s or mm. noughties when it was on Channel 4. But those, there are certain characters, I think, that were so uh, pervasive and, you know, from the songs and stuff that were out, you know, yeah. he was in the song. He was in the... Yeah, he was. <laughs> so I knew who he was. So I was like, wow, you know, this is him and probably Ultimate Warrior and um, Hulk Hogan and all the big boys. Well, Tatanka, he's in that song. So he was yes. in the songs. And this is Croydon, late 90s. I mean, there's not a lot going on. So no. you know, that was a big draw. So, um, so yeah. And, yeah when, did you, when, did you pass your, when did you pass your driving test? Because I think you drove us. So it might have been later than that. 99. Yeah. And actually, so- that's funny enough. But, I mean, that, that was that attitude cd i think it was the was attitude then i mean uh yeah so so there was a there was like i can't yeah i think it was attitude cd but that, they used to we used to play that in our sixth form i can remember playing it in the car yeah so that's a that's a yeah that's a uh, i do remember driving and i think yeah it was pretty impressive wasn't it the show was obviously there was lots of people there but it was kind of built around him wasn't it and oh yeah yeah, yeah. we Absolutely. got in the ring we got in the ring with him didn't we 
<laughs> yeah, that's the only time I've ever been in a, in a wrestling room. How, how much have we paid for that? Five quid, do you think? Ten, tenner? Because you must have had to pay yeah, for that Polaroid. Yeah, so, so yeah. now they do that, but you just take, you just get a photo on your phone. Um, but that's yeah. the only time I've been in a wrestling ring. And I'm, I would, do you know what? I, wanted, I haven't been to my mum's for a little while because I wanted to try and find it if I could find the photo. Have you still got it? Or is it... Is it uh, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's the problem when you move so many houses and stuff. You just like... Yeah. Stuff that you wish you could just keep in a box just gets, gets missing. But basically, as the Polaroid was... Big, and I, I don't know what belts he had, but he had a, two or three belts, was it? Or four belts, maybe. Well, you tell me. I mean, what did he? What had he actually won as a wrestler, Tatanka? Well, um, I, I guess they were probably like independent company belts that he was working in America. So I, he didn't ever win anything. I don't think he ever won anything major in the in the WWF. I know he feuded with Shawn Michaels for the IC title, but I don't think he ever won it. I'm just going to look up his um, yeah. his title issue. But yeah, as as we as the photo was being taken, um, he basically you dropped the belt, didn't you? So um, yeah, he handed me this belt as if it was like his child. You know, he was like, <laughs> "Here's my belt. Take care of it." You know, and uh, I just immediately dropped it, and I just thought, "Oh my god, I've dropped his belt." <laughs> <laughs> he I wasn't very happy. I don't think. No, well, no, probably not. And also, I I said something really awkward to him, which I, in retrospect, is is really awful. But I said to him, "Oh, it's it's great to see you." Like the last time I saw you was at SummerSlam '92 at Wembley. And then I, when I thought about it, like even yeah. as an 18 year old, I thought that's a stupid thing to say. And now thinking about it as a 13 year old, I thought, poor guy, like, he's getting his yeah. photos taken. I said something similar Fairfield. to um, this is really real tangent. I'm sorry to your American listeners, but there was a band in the 80s, 90s called Wet, Wet, Wet. Oh, yeah. Uh, lead, singer, lead singer was Marty Pello. And I remember I used to work at a hotel and I saw him at the hotel and I went up to him and I was like, Marty Pello, like, you've got a fantastic voice. I was like, my mum loves you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he thought, oh my I God. bet he hates you know, that. Yeah, I yeah, bet he, he absolutely was, hates that. Yeah. Was he all right with it, though? Well, he was on the come down from heroin, I think, at the time. He was about heroin. <laughs> addict, so. I didn't know it was going to go there. He was in recovery. So he wasn't he having a. That. No, it's fine. <laughs> he wasn't having a particularly good evening. I mean, facts are facts, you know, it is what it is, allegedly, yeah. on a come down. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that I think was. He's fine now. I mean, it's great now, but yeah. Yeah, good, good, and st- still a still a mum's and housewife's favourite, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, that was that was an interesting. I, can't, I wish I could remember a bit more about that. I was hoping that I'd be able to find the card. But I, pres- I suspect there was probably a few um, British wrestlers that kind of went on to be somewhat known mm. after that because that was the kind of early 2000s. There was a bit of a renaissance in British wrestling, not a massive one, and certainly not as big as there was in the kind of mid 2010s. Um, but yeah, no, that, I remember that being a good night. You know, you, you touched on it. Obviously, we um, our second wrestling event together was was somewhat bigger than, uh, mm. f- with all due respect to Fairfield Hall. So we, st- I, I can't remember when this came up, but I remember you being in Japan once. And we were messaging, and you, and you were talking about how good it would be to, you know, tr- try and get us out there because you you go over there on on business. And I was thinking that it would be really really, or we both were thinking it'd be really good if we could try and kind of wangle it that we were in the in in Japan at the same time. So I think we were probably talking about it maybe early 2018, weren't we, in terms of your plans and, you know, how we could how we could fit this around something that was going on? Yeah, yeah. So I was there. I mean, I've been a few times to work and I, I had to be out there. I knew I had to be there. So I was like, you know, I'm going to be here this week. And I knew that you were kind of looking at some bits and pieces and I thought, wow, if we could kind of coordinate that. That would be amazing. And ended up, maybe, I think I was out there a little bit 
before you, wasn't I? And then uh, my, no, the back think, end of my trip coincided with the first one. Yeah, you were, I think, I think you, you, you got there the, the day off. I think you got there on the Sunday, I think. And then we, we got there on the Saturday, I, I think. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, mm. But yeah, oh no, no, maybe the Monday. I can't, I can't remember now. But yeah, it was, I mean, we, we managed to, we managed to align diaries so that we got to go and see King of Pro Wrestling 2018, yeah. which was main evented by Cody Rhodes versus Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega when Omega was champion. And it was at Sumo Hall. So, so it was supposed to be you and I. I was supposed to be out there for a couple of days beforehand. And then another, yeah. another close friend, the other, other best man at the wedding, uh, just basically decided with about two or three weeks um, to go that he was going to go, you know, do a bit of traveling and came to Tokyo. So um, it was just a bit nuts. It was like a bit of a, a bit of a kind of like lads trip to Tokyo, which was, which was incredible. But going, I remember we met you on that Monday and that was the day that we were going to Sumo Hall. Um, And then it just was like, it was a very, very boozy day, wasn't it? I mean, it was like the the, the beer was strong and it was just a bit like, Yeah. yeah, it was a bit like this. This is an unbelievably, it's almost like you're in kind of like a weird, incredible yeah. drunken bubble, I suppose, wasn't it really? Well, it was so funny as well, because it was so different, you know, going into the arena and basically mm. having those sort of, they're like boxes, but you know, it's your area, it's kind of boxed yeah. off, but they're very low and you're sitting on the ground. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, we were in completely the wrong box for a long, long oh, time. I know. Oh, we yeah, were kind yeah, of yeah. defending it from all comers. And, <laughs> you know, the, we were actually sitting in the opposite side of the arena. And after we got moved, I think it was, um, you know, the show started and stuff. It was just great. I think culturally just to be there. I mean, just yeah, to it, it was regardless incredible. of what you were watching, you know, which was good, but it was more about the, the atmosphere and the way they do it over there, I think. Yeah, definitely. And for, for anyone that doesn't know, um, Ryogoku Sumo Hall, so the lower tier, so the top tier of Sumo Hall is, um, is normal seats. So, you know, normal fold-out seats, but the lower tier is Sumo boxes. So basically, if you can imagine, um, each kind of row has got two, two levels of... Um, they're basically like a little metal railing in a, in a rectangle. Um, and then you've got just carpet on the floor and you climb into it and you sit there and they're they're designed for four people. Um, but you, you, it tends to be that the the locals that were there would sit kind of cross-legged one behind each other. Um, but because I knew that, you know, we, you know, we potentially didn't want the awkward situation of sort of sitting in a box of people we didn't know potentially cramped. So I'd read some things online that it was four people in one. It was, it can be a bit cramped. So I got a box for four, for three of us, or actually it was going to be for two of us, but it ended up being three of us. Um, so we just sat there. It was just like, I think the Asahi was flowing. Um, yeah. I remember like, Will Ospreay got a really good reaction. A couple of Brits on the card, it was Ospreay and he got a really good reaction from the crowd. Zack Sabre Jr. And the main event was really, really good as well. It's just like, it was just, it was pure yeah. bucket list stuff for me. So it was phenomenal. And I think you, you, you were getting really into it and stuff in terms of like the... Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, um, sorry, go on. I think it's just, you know, and also you, you'd seen some other bits out there, hadn't you? You'd gone to some other... I went to a um, women's show the day before at Hall. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, it, and it's nice to just be, to observe someone that's really passionate about something up close, I think, yes. you know, and to kind of live out a dream of theirs and you're there to see them do that. That's always nice. I mean, you know, regardless of your own knowledge about a subject, I think that was good. I just enjoyed it. I mean, it was great. Yeah, yeah it was fantastic. I remember, I was about to say, I can't remember if it was you or Steve who um, wanted me to have one more beer before the main event. I was just, I can't, I can't do it. Like, I need to be somewhat... Uh, you know, somewhat compass mentors for this. But we went out afterwards. I remember he spilled an entire can of diet, an entire vodka diet coat down his white T-shirt, didn't he? So he did well to carry on. Almost immediately. Well, I remember I left you. uh, I had work the next day, I had meetings the next day. So I left you guys, I don't know what time it was, but 
you went on and had a night out and I saw you the next day and you two, I mean, you you almost didn't come and meet me that evening, didn't you, for dinner because you felt so bad. So we had um, we had a like a a kind of tasting tour and bit of kind of like bar tour booked for the three of us for the following night in I wish I wish I could remember if it was a Shinjuku or Shibuya, one of the two where you get these alleyways of tiny little bars. Um, and it's just an you know unbelievable experience. And you get a, a local host and stuff, and you're with other people. And I I think Steve and I got in at maybe six a.m. the next day, um, and we yeah. were in bits, absolute bits. I remember sending a video to our WhatsApp group of me sitting in Wendy's with the with the with the light outside. Um, in, in a particularly bad way. And I think that we were, because I think we'd gone so hard while we were out there, we were still a bit jet lagged. And I just couldn't, I remember just lying in bed and I barely slept all day. And then we went yeah. to meet you for a pizza and then we went out and did the thing. Yeah. And I think after a while we were all right. But I remember in the first place, like you're being given these slightly, you know, unusual food items. You're just thinking, oh, I just can't. I think if I'm going to eat this, I'm going to projectile vomit on the um, yeah. table. But yeah, no, it was absolutely superb. And going, going around and seeing all the, seeing all the stuff. Have you been back since then? Have you, have you had any business since? Uh, well, I don't, I, have I been back to Japan? I don't know. Maybe once. Um, but all my stuff for the last 18 months has been US based. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and obviously with what's happened, well, I say last 18 months, last 12 months, nothing at all. Right. Mm. But before that it was all, all America, but I don't know. I don't, I, 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 the, the thought of meeting you somewhere to watch wrestling, it much more appeals to go and see something like Japan. I think where, mm. I don't know, it's, it, it feels a lot different. You know, it feels like it's really about the sport and it's really about the, the, the characters and the athleticism and all of that whereas with, I, I don't feel like I'd feel the same if you said let's go to a WWF show no. or WWE show when you're in the US I don't think I would do that so I yeah, think it's, it's funny really no I agree I think it's interesting Wrestle, Wrestlemania the last last few times I went was not as much fun because it was too long so you're going in there and you're there for six hours and stuff it's like no, you don't want to be at anything maybe cricket because you're there in the sun and you're you know it's different um, but you're not super like razor focused on cricket all day. You're chatting and stuff. But the earlier WrestleMania is like if you if you were in a city where WrestleMania was, I think like a, a non fan or fringe fan would have a good time at that. But because of the show, but yeah, you know who wants to go and see anything? You wouldn't go to the theatre for six hours, and that's what no. the equivalent kind of equivalent is. Um, we've also uh, over the years been known to use a bit of a mega powers handshake at certain certain moments. I think on, yeah. at your wedding day, actually, there's a photo of us doing mega powers. Yeah, it's mega powers uh, there. I mean, I, I was your original tag team partner, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. See, I can't remember what ha- ended up happening with Force of Motion because I don't because one of our well, you friends, were motion, you were motion. Yeah, I was right? motion because I ran away I was, basically. Yeah. yeah, I was Force <laughs> because I couldn't run away. <laughs> and our entrance music was um, Queen's One Vision. One Vision. Um, and when that comes on in the car, I still tell the kids this is the entrance music for Force of Motion. Because <laughs> I think one was, of our sorry, go on, go on. I was going to say, I think we well, I'm, we obviously had a couple of events where. This is this this shows you how kind of popular it was. I mean, we would get a bouncy castle, hire a bouncy castle, have it in someone's garden for the afternoon. Yes. And just wrestle. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of weird. Isn't it? it was weird. <laughs> That's but what I'm... happened. We, I remember being at, um, so I think I missed the first one, but I was there at, one, at Summer Dan. I missed Parkermania. It was Summer Dan. Summer, Summer Dan, Dan was the second one, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. that, was, that, was that was the summer when um, all of you guys were about to go to university. And I think I started work. I was doing job interviews and then go, <laughs> leaving a job yeah. interview and then going to, going to Summer Dan in my suit and stuff and wrestling on the bouncy castle. Yeah. But I remember yeah. us doing like, I can remember doing, especially when we were on a school trip in 99 to Wales, 
I remember we do like elaborate change, like we do like the Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, WrestleMania 14 yeah. finish and stuff. It's just like, it's just a bit, yeah. a bit mad, isn't it really, that we would, we would yeah. do that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's great, it was great. Yeah, and you've also did, also did the Mega Powers handshake with, um, with, with former Arsenal goalkeeper Bob Wilson at one point. Yeah, Bob Wilson. I met Bob Wilson, um, I, I don't know what it was, it was a work thing and Bob Wilson was there and I just said to him, can we do Mega Powers handshake? And I had to explain to him what it was, which was not easy. <laughs> Um, but he was up for it, so <laughs> fair play to Bob Wilson. Do you know what? When I said that, I just wanted—I just needed to check that Mr. Wilson was still with us because we've lost. He is, he is, yeah, he is. thankfully he is. Yeah, we lost a, yeah. lost a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of celebrities from our of, time. Uh, you're thinking of Jennings, right? So, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, any is there anything else that we haven't touched on in, in terms of our, our youthful wrestling stuff before we move on to this? Uh, relatively bleak episode of mid-south wrestling this week i think no i think let's have a look at the uh, have a look at the episode all right great so we have an un i feel like i should i'm going to set on a preface this which is, is unusual this is one of the poor episodes that i've had to review so i, I can only apologize because this is this is uh, a little bit lacking in um, kind of '80s stuff that I would hope that you would get like a video package that was incredible or something like that. So this is not one of the stronger episodes, but yeah. So I feel like I should apologise and apologies in advance to listeners because I'm going to be a bit downbeat going through this sadly because it wasn't the best week. Um, so we had. Well, the, uh, sorry, go on, go on, go ahead. It's funny you say that because um, I tell you what, I, I I texted you earlier about this and I I had a look at the. Kamala stuff and I thought you know we've had a chat about that and I'm sure you're going to talk about it in a minute but I tell you what I, I found that he released a 10 track album um and it's absolutely brilliant I mean you can <laughs> so find you it on YouTube it, yeah you can find it on YouTube the full album Kamala is it Kamala? Kamala Kamala yeah Kamala yeah Kamala Kamala's album and the uh the review of it so it's not much of a review but the the kind of bio is the 10 tracks cover subjects such as heartbreak Racism in wrestling, the love of his granddaughter, and a woman called Ruby writing bad checks. <laughs> She's probably not at the same level as the other, the, other, the severity of the other subjects. But he he always used to talk about um, kind of being underpaid and all that sort of stuff. And we and again yeah. we talked to messages about his big run with Hulk Hogan, but he was always very much someone that um, I'd said you know he didn't get paid well for mm. all these big runs he had, and and it, it was it was a very um, very successful character. But it's just I don't know. There, there's some bits that. We'll, we'll go on to it. So we'll, we'll, I'll go. I'll go through the the opening. We'll talk about him in okay. a bit more detail. So um, we get the unusual combo this week of Boyd Pierce and Jim Ross. So what, did, were you a bit surprised when Jim Ross popped up here in terms of uh, sort of familiar? This is a mid thirties Jim Ross on this show. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like it at the start where. Um... What does he call him? Like the silver tongued. Oh, he called yeah. So uh, Boyd Boyd calls him the silver tongued, golden throated commentator from Bixby, Oklahoma. And Jim Ross is a bit like, oh, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was really really good. That was really good. So Bo Boyd basically runs through them through what we've got this week, which is including Kamala versus Iceman King Parsons, Tim Horner and Terry Taylor versus the rugged duo of Steve Williams and Buddy Landell. North American champion Brad Armstrong is here, plus the Alamo Busts of Charbo and Hector Guerrero uh, versus the All-American team of Hacksaw, Butch Reed and Marine Private Terry Daniels. Yeah. So um, Boyd throws to Ross and for Ross to kind of recap where we are and what's been happening over the last couple of weeks. And he, um, he basically says he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, they're going to show a, a video of where Kamala was discovered 
Um, and there's a dramatic voice in the background while the video shows Kamala walking in a field of sort of long grass. And the narrator talks about his height and weight, apparently six foot nine and 385 pounds. And he calls him the cruelest man in professional wrestling today, arms and legs as large as trees and as strong as some of the largest animals known to man. Um, the narrator repeats his height and weight again and then calls him the Ugandan giant. Um, so we cut back to Ross and Boyd and Ross calls him an awesome athlete and then Ross runs back over Kamala's appearance two weeks ago um, during a match between Hacksaw Butchery and then North American champion Only Ladd. So basically we get quite a lot of recap here um, and stuff that we've sort of seen, seen before. Um, I was going to say, I, I found that it's quite tough watching and recapping Kamala angles in 2020. Um, and while I suspect actually there's, there's even more offensive stuff that's aired in the past and likely to again in the future of this character, um, it really is an uncomfortable watch. What, 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 I mean, I, I, we, we, I'm sure, you know, I know we're on the same page of this because we talked about this already, but uh, do you have anything to sort of add mm. on this sort of recap and um, this, sort of, this sort of character, I suppose? Yeah, I thought I found it a bit sad. I mean, I just thought that, you know, and, and, and I think it carries into some of the commentary as well. I think it's mm. just very, it's such a shame because he's clearly such a erudite, clever person. You know, the fact that when I, I say I joked before listening to his music, his, his music is great. Like, mm. he, he really does seem like someone that's, you know, uh, much, much, much greater than what they're making him out to be. And I think that, you know, you've got, bloke from Mississippi you know he's not a as they call you know Ugandan giant and all this stuff and they call him savage several times I just feel it's I mean of course it's offensive right but it's also just a little bit sad and um you know I think that uh that is probably the thing that stands out the most in terms of dating it for me I thought that that was yeah you, you know I agree you that, if you had that situation now hopefully that would be someone that would be seen as kind of uh, a, a top person in, in the in in the in the sport, you know, someone that would be pushed and and be promoted to be a, a top person. But then it seemed like he was kind of used as that kind of uh, uh, figure of, of almost, you know, like dark evil figure. It's, it's yeah, I completely agree. It. And I, I'm I'm not to skip forward. To, we'll, we'll go through the bits because there's a there's a match with Kamala later on. But I'm really down on watching him, and I, and I don't, I just don't. I, I think some of it a massive part of it is the presentation here. Um, but a lot of it is, I just, I just, I, I, sorry, a lot of it's down to the presentation. And I think I can't look past that. And I just, mm. I'm, I find myself wanting his matches and his segments to be over. And I don't know, I, I'm sure that him as a, him as a wrestler is probably more uh, proficient than some of the stuff that he comes out with in these matches. Cause it's kind of supposed to be basic and, um, you know, out of control and all that sort of stuff. But it's just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, Kamala's only been re- Kamala was a bit was you know was a big character in this promotion before this and before I started watching a year prior and, and we'll be back and, and we as we talked about big run with Hulk Hogan in the WWF and you know he drew money so this this was this was a you know successful drawing character but it is just it's just it's a difficult one really yeah um, for sure so. Once the recaps are over, we get, um, sorry, once the Kamala recaps are over, we get more of a recap from Hercules and Williams versus the Rock and Roll Express match from last week, which ended up with Morton pinning Hernandez, but then being attacked off the bell by DiBiossi. Um, so back to Boyd, he says they've ordered a return match this week, given what's happened, and also the number of letters they've received in the dream yeah. match competition. Um, requesting the, I'm gutted because they didn't show that there's a really good dream match uh, video package they didn't show. So that was quite yeah. like 80s good stuff. So 
full 11 minutes out of 44 in this episode was all recaps. So, so far, was this more or less 80s and you're expecting? So obviously, you've never seen this before. I guess you've not really seen any 80s wrestling, actually, I suppose, in terms of well, like that like style, yeah. No, no. And it was, it was quite good to watch. I mean, you said it was a bad episode, but, you know, I listened to the podcast, right? And I listened to the podcast more for, you know, to... Uh, it's just something nice to listen to while I'm out running or whatever. Mm. And, uh, you know, you pick up bits and pieces, but it feels to me like a lot of the, the origin stories of the WWF, you know, people like Ric Flair and, and people like that, you, it seems like this is where they started, you know, and I'm sure there's other regional wrestling that supported that kind of, uh, uh, those storylines that were taken on by WWF. And I suppose they were kind of the people that took it national, but there's a lot of good stuff here. I mean, you know, there's the characters and, and, and the kind of, heels and babyfaces, that side of things. I think it's good. Yeah, um, I, I think this is, it's interesting because this, this is one of, the, one of the major promotions and one of the really successful ones around Oklahoma, Louisiana, et cetera, while wrestling was still regional. But I, I, I think this television show, perhaps not so much this week, but on the whole, is very, very similar to what WCW did with Nitro in the, in the mid to late 90s. Because actually, if you watch WWF television around this time, you wouldn't get matches with, with stars on both sides. You'd get the, you remember, I'm sure we laughed about this when we were at school, you'd get like, I don't know, the Ultimate Warrior versus yeah. Mike Mike Wilson or something, and like Warrior yeah. would kill him in about two minutes. But that isn't, yeah. that, that's not what these guys promoted. And actually, this is, this is a, um, a really interesting time because around, soon after this, Mid-South got on national, te- national cable television for the first time when you know, that became mm-hmm. more of a thing that was available. But they just couldn't quite, they couldn't quite make it work in terms of, although they got good, really good ratings, there's always been this thing about a proper national promotion in the States being profitable. Um, it is now because the TV landscape is totally different. But actually back then, TV companies were not paying big money for these 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 things. If any, like WF was paying TV stations to have them on at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was all about driving people to the live gate. So, yeah, um, Mid South had a chance, but it was very very difficult um, for all of these uh, territorial wrestling companies to actually make it. When this was this was just a few months before the first WrestleMania, for example. So Vince McMahon is on the massive offensive here, um, and he'd already yeah. snapped up a few people. Um, a few people from there, including Junkyard Dog, who's like kind of their major star. So um, back from break, we have a ring announcer I didn't recognise called Jack Curtis, and he's wearing a flat cap. What did you think of this uh, yeah. flat cap? Not a great look for a ring announcer, I don't think. I don't know. He looked like a man out of time, didn't he? He looked like he'd been beamed in from some sort of, I don't know. He looked very strange. <laughs> he also said later on, he talked about um, a tag match being a four-man tag match. So, well, I know you can have a six-man tag match or whatever, but you don't need to say that if you've just introduced two, like, two people on one side. Um, so he introduced the participants in, uh, in the dream match. First, the Mid-South Tag Team Champions, Ted DiBiase and Hercules, then the Rock and Roll Express out to their great ELO theme, um, Rock and Roll is King. So do, have, yeah, have you heard great. this on Radio 2? Because I've heard it at least once on there. Yeah, I really like that song as well. Yeah, it's, it's really great. good. Yeah, it's for really sure. excellent. Um, well, that was the bit where... Um, so I was watching it earlier today and... Um, my son, nine-year-old son walked in and he bought mm. it completely. I mean, he thought it was real. Oh, it, did he? How interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I was saying, well, look, what they're, what they're going through is real. It's, you know, the athleticism is real, but they're not really, you know, 
he's not, it's a show. He yeah, have yeah. Internal injuries. Yeah, as yeah. The commentator said. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was that uh, Magnum TA was. was oh yeah, Magnum. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, did Hugo he heard like, oh, that and thought and wondered yeah. like, yeah, oh, how interesting. He's yeah. like, has he got internal injuries? I was like, no, he probably doesn't have internal injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, here you go. He signed with Jim Crockett, and he's going to appear on their big show at Christmas Day. So yeah, yeah. this is gone. So um, the Rock and Roll Express were described as fantastic and fabulous as Boyd confirmed this is a non-title match. And Ross said on commentary this match received more letters than any other combined for the dream match. So after five minutes of good action, the Rock and Roll, du- Rock and Roll Express double drop kicked Hercules to the outside as DiBiase loaded his glove. Gibson and Morton fought him off until the ref was bumped and Akbar threw in, I believe was part of his turban for um, DiBiase to choke Morton. Um, th- was that right? Is that right? Yeah, it was described as a spare turban. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, I don't know. He choked him and uh, I don't think it was this this match, but later on they referred to it as going on Dream Street. I don't know if you Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. So so basically, um, DiBiase put on what they call the Shinomaki, but it's the future million dollar dream for the win by stoppage in 610. Right. Um, decent action, as you'd expect between these two. Any thoughts on this uh, this non-title tag team match? Yeah, I- I enjoyed it. I, I thought that um, I, I like the pronunciation of, of, of Sheik as Sheik because it kept making me think he was fighting Sheik Hernandez, <laughs> which was quite good fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I also was like the fact that this ha- had received the most requests, uh, more than any other match. If you could have a, a wrestling, if you could put on a wrestling match between, this is probably going to be ridiculous, I suspect the answer to this. Um, no, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. A wrestling match between two wrestlers, past or present, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my God. I don't know, but I think that I, I, I tell you what I have been enjoying recently all the Ric Flair promos. Yeah. If you follow um, uh, Out of Context Ric Flair yes. or anything like that, they're, they're absolutely brilliant. I mean, yeah. they are absolutely brilliant. And I think that you told me that. Um, he would have to cut a different promo for each different region or different. Yeah. Uh, so the NWA. Yeah. So 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 Mid South wasn't part of the NWA, but Ric Flair would occasionally come in. But basically, if you imagine take take New York out of it and take uh, Minneapolis out of it because they weren't part of it, but every other region like Florida, Portland, um, you know, oh, God, I can't even think of two, but you know, Carolinas obviously as well, um, Texas as well. Mm. So everywhere. The NW, they'd all have their own own champion, like the North American champion in Mid South, so the champion of the promotion. But Ric Flair would be the world, the travelling world champion. So he'd come in and he'd do a do a couple of matches, and he'd go off to the next territory, and then he'd, be, he'd have his home. So yeah, he, he would be cutting promos consistently to work with whoever their top guy is. And some promotions he'd be working as a babyface versus their top heel, or vice versa, depending on how it was at the time. So and and actually back then, I mean, this is this is this is. Uh, I guess there were probably was some availability of pay-per-view, but there was no real wrestling pay-per-view at the time. They used a thing called closed-circuit television. So if WrestleMania was on in you know Los Angeles or whatever, and we wanted to watch it, and we live close together, we would go to our local high school, we'd have it on a big screen, and you'd pay $15 mm. or $10 or whatever to go and watch it. But back then, it was all about the arena business. So Ric Flair's t- literally getting paid off, and as all the wrestlers are, but main events is getting more paid off, how he can cut promos to get people in to go and watch him and pay to see him. So... It's just fun. Mm-hmm. I, I read an interesting Amazing. book on Holla about Andre the Giant, and um, he his draw. He, like, he would he would be working in Montreal, and he would draw like ten to fifteen thousand people on a kind of three or four weekly basis. The main main arena in Montreal. And it's like, can you imagine paying to go and see a wrestler at the O2 every three or four weeks? 
It's, it's just beyond, yeah. beyond your comprehension. You might go and see it once, but you wouldn't pay like time after time after time after time. So it's just incredible yeah. what these guys did at Jaws back then. I, I remember the story that I remember that you, you mentioned about um, Andre the Giant previously was, I think, he, didn't he fall asleep in a hotel bar or a hotel lobby? And they, oh, they, numerous they used the... Yeah. They use the piano, the piano cover, the, the grand just, piano cover yeah. as a kind of bed sheet. I thought yeah. that was great. Absolutely, there's so there's so many incredible stories in in that in that book. But yeah, no, it's just it's just a really interesting and different different time around that time. Um, so up next, we talked about Kamala um, quite already. So he's up against the returning Iceman King Parsons. Um, Kamala's out to his music, and this all takes a long time. It's a bit awkward in terms of the entrances. Um, he's with his manager, Skandar Akbar, um, and his assistant, Friday. Um, Parsons is out to We Are Family. Did you like the... the yeah, Mid, Mid- I South did not. Yeah, Mid-South did not, uh, do not care about copyrighted music at all. This is why it's... No, that was great. All, all, all that, these shows are on the WWE Network, but they've cut all this stuff out. So that's why I watched the kind of right. 16th generation VHS copies that have been loaded up to, um, up to YouTube. So, yeah, not a huge reaction for Parsons, um, who a year or so earlier would be receiving big responses from this crowd. Um, Ross spe- speculated on commentary that Kamala, I've written Kamara, used to play front for Fulham, but it's not, it's not Diamante Kamara, was impervious to pain, I'm quoting that, um, as he beat down poor Parsons before <laughs> locking on his devastating armpit grab. Um, which took Parsons down to his knees. Just, just like he held him by the arm. What's armpit. the armpit grab? I know. Just I saw like, yeah. that. Was he? I, I was like, was he, is he tweaking nipples? Is he? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's tweaking nipples. <laughs> we just. We just heard George has made his debut on the, podcast in the background. background. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, he was. I mean, basically, I. A lot of there's a lot of talk recently about wrestling doesn't look real now because people do flips and stuff. And I've got. You've probably heard me get on my high horse a few times about that. But it's like you can't grab someone by the, the by the pecs or the by the armpits and hold them for ages and expect anyone to tell me that that's supposed to be a real fight because that would never happen. So yeah, yeah I just um, <laughs> did. Did you catch? So Kamala won this for big splash in three oh seven. But mm, did you catch mm. Kamala? I thought he drilled Parsons for real here with his knees on this splash. I don't know if you caught that, but he she, the knees are supposed to be before the body. But he yeah. just he just absolutely smashed him straight into. I know. Into I thought the timing looked a bit weird. The timing yeah. looked a bit wrong. Like some, I'm not sure which which part of that move went wrong. But yeah, he, it was too close. Yeah, he 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 just like I bet that was uh, I bet that was um, painful the next day. But mm. yeah, we've talked about this. I just I'm just not a fan of this uh, of this act at all. I'm afraid. Um, but next up, we have Buddy Landell and Dr. Death Steve Williams up against Tim Horner and Terry Taylor. Um, Horner, as has previously, looked really good in the early going on this one. Um, but unfortunately, as much as I was enjoying this match, it only went 3 minutes 32 with Williams impressively catching a head scissors attempt in the corner from Horner and turning this into a running power sound for the win in 3.32. Um, any thoughts on this um, pretty short tag team match? I mean, uh, the... It's Christmas, right? And when I saw it, <laughs> it Death, is, yeah. I just, I just immediately thought Chris Rea. I mean, I, <laughs> I oh, that's not a bad show. Yeah, yeah. We're driving home for Christmas. Chris Rea or the host of ITV show Nightmare, uh, Dungeon Master. Oh, <laughs> you know what? That's a great show. Um, yeah. What was his name? Like Tregard or something? Was it Tregard? Yeah. Tregard. Yeah. Wow, crikey, that was so good. Nightmare, wasn't it? Again, yeah. not uh, our Amer- American listeners, which is over two thirds, are not going to really know what we're talking about there. But Nightmare was this thing that was so basically the the kind of key key slot on children's television. I think it's fair to say was the late Friday afternoon slot, wasn't it? I think did Grain Chill used to? Yeah. Grain Chill was like no. a 
Yeah, yeah. So, so ITV, their their big dogs were Funhouse with Pat yes. Sharp. Yes. Yep. Uh, and when that wasn't on, it was uh, Nightmare. Yes. Uh, and Nightmare was like a, I don't know, like an a early virtual reality sort of CGI program where they yeah. put on a helmet and they would walk into like this medieval world. I mean, I watched it on YouTube with the kids the other day, and it really freaked them out. Did it really? Little kids. Yeah, because yeah. little kids walk into the scene, the ground falls away because they give the wrong answer to yeah, some sort yeah. of wall face. It looks like they fall into a pit. <laughs> and then when, when their friends their friends go home and they just never show the kid that fell into the pit again. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. He's still in the pit, but yeah, it was it was a really good show. They showed it for a while on like uh, maybe challenge, but it might even still be on there actually. But it was those Friday shows, and we were t- we were probably like eight to ten around that time weren't we yeah. i suppose maybe a bit older when it when it when it finished but those shows like it was must see it everyone would watch it wouldn't they i mean i bet there's a license yeah. to print money that stuff uh, but yeah that's a very good shout williams was definitely very much like him um so uh next up we have the new north american champion actually with brad armstrong versus dale vc uh, boyd said listen to the fans reaction but i thought this was very tepid um in terms of mr armstrong coming out well, I really like the waistcoat. The waistcoat was amazing. <laughs> I mean, VZ's waistcoat was so good. And I also really liked the commentary when uh, the commentary said, he's got the experience, the confidence, and the credentials. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have those credentials. You've got to have those credentials. Um, I, get, I got the feeling that this, because basically the way they used to do these events, they tape a few television episodes in the same slot. So then you'd, you'd kind of have a tape every three or four weeks. So I got the feeling this might have been at the end of a very long taping and the crowd mm. was like, get me out of here basically um i thought armstrong looked really good and there were a couple of nice exchanges yeah. early including a near fall with high cross body block um and ultimately armstrong oh ross described armstrong as a southern gentleman but in the ring he can get as rough as he needs to which is a good line yeah yeah and, and this was the this was the dream street match right this was the if he if he's not on dream street he's on the way there Oh, right. I didn't catch that. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, because of the sleeper. Yeah, of course. Armstrong caught yeah. Beasley in the sleeper at 146 uh, after a good looking drop kick, and this led to a referee stoppage. So, any, any sign of final thoughts on VZ versus uh, Mr. Armstrong here? No, I mean, I, I think that um, I have to say, I really. It was just the match where they were ringing the bell so much, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, really need to start watching these twice, really, but I just can't. I can't do it. It's too much. Too much commitment. No, it was. Yeah, I think as you described. I mean, it was really, really quick. It started super fast. Like they just wanted to get out of there. Yeah. Um. It was. It was entertaining. I think, and the commentary was fun, and, and the ending was pretty good. But yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. I haven't seen a lot of Brad Armstrong, but I've been really, I've been really impressed with him in all of his all of his appearances so far. Um, Hacksaw Butch Reed and Private Terry Daniels versus Charvan Hector Guerrero up next. And, and as we talked about earlier on, uh, um, oddly the ring announcer in his flat cap kept calling it a four man tag team bout. Um, yeah. So Reed and Daniels were in full military gear. Um, sorry, Reed and Daniels in full military gear. They both weren't. Um, were in the ring before the Guerreros came out into full Mexican music with sombreros on plus Chavo carrying the Mexican flag. And this predictably led to a USA chant from the Shreveport crowd. Any thoughts on uh, the Alamo busters here and their entrance? I mean, they are what we would describe in the UK as wind up merchants. Yeah. <laughs> That's their only job. Yeah. Their only job is to wind up the crowd. Yeah. Uh, and at one, I really like the bit at the beginning where they, they uh, I'm not sure which one of the Guerrero brothers it was, but, was walking around the ring with the flag and then Reed just kind of kicked the flag. It was really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really <laughs> random. 
Um, and I also like the, the bash their heads together uh, section because that, you know, that, that was great. But um, Jim Ross at one point just shouts, anti-American. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. But they, they again, we, talk, we talked about this with the Kamala stuff. Um, they, had some, they had some Russian characters in this. Uh, well, actually, neither of them were Russian, but um, Nikolai Volkov, who wasn't Russian, and a guy who crushed a cruise ship about, probably about, uh, not quite a year before, but some of, the, some of the stuff, the main commentator who wasn't on this show, Bill Watts would say about the Russian-American relationship was, and Russia in general, which is like, it's unbelievable hearing that stuff yeah. in terms of, but they would push that button really, really hard. Um, so this one, again, there's not much to this. At the three-minute mark, Steve Williams uh, was back out. Um, he presented an episode of Nightmare, and he was out there in an American football helmet. Um, he yeah, tried to interfere. Which immediately but, gets knocked off his head. Yeah, but he was fought <laughs> off by Reed. He tried to interfere. And in the ring, the Guerreros worked over Terry Daniels with what, what, the, what Ross called bandoleros for the DQ in 340. So, yeah, just, a, just yeah. nothing, really. Any, any thoughts on this, uh, this tag match? No, not really. I mean, the full uniform thing's slightly strange, isn't it? That yeah, well, Terry Daniels, yeah. Uniform. Yeah, yeah um, and I dug it a little bit into him, and uh, it doesn't sound like there was a lot more in his career after this. I mean, it sounds like he was always used as someone that put over other people, sadly. Yes. But yeah, yeah it doesn't, doesn't seem like there's a lot there. No, not at all. And as I talked about, um, this this wasn't just wasn't a very exciting or interesting episode. Um, and it was it was with that in mind that we got a screenshot that said Hacksaw Butch Reed is special uh, yeah. on the screen. Yeah, and I hope so strange. I hoped and prayed for an ultra 80s video package to end this episode. Um, so when we came back from break, Ross recapped the hour and we got a graphic on. So for the first time ever, this graphic on screen with the matches for next week, they'd never used that before. So um, we've had all sorts of technological advancements. We got a graphic on screen while Ross was talking about something else and um, detailing that next week we'd have Armstrong and Taylor plus the Rock and Roll Express and Hacksaw Butch Reed. Um, and yes, here we go. To a Joel Watts put together video on Hacksaw Butch Reed set to Message to Survival by Melly Mel and Duke Booty. Yeah, uh, so I really like this. I mean, firstly, quite quite strange to call out the guy that compiled the video package, right? Oh, that, so yeah. jo- Joel Watts is the adopted son of the owner of the promotion. So that's why right, they so call it. Yeah. So that explains And that. sometime commentator um, as well. But those guys um, were signed to Sugar Hill Records. Sugar Hill oh, okay. Records, you might know of Sugar Hill Gang. Yes, yeah. Uh, which will ring a few bells, Rapper's Delight. So that's where that came from. And ah. uh, yeah, really good song. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, quite strange. I mean, the best, obviously, the best part of that video is when they do the, the thumbs up, right? Yeah, they do the thumbs up to each other. Yeah. Kind of shades of uh, Hacksaw uh, Mega Hacksaw. Powers. Yeah, the two Hacksaws, so Hacksaw Butcher and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, because they were enemies and now they've become right. friends. So yeah. they thumbs up to each other. But but these video packages are very much, uh, if, you, if you think about this, this is not too long after MTV was a thing. And not and apparently yeah. at the time, not many wrestling promotions, if any, were really using these videos. And they were like, they brought in the Rock and Roll Express and they used. Rock and Roll is King, and they used a few other songs as well. And they, like the first time they appeared on TV, the crowd just absolutely lost their minds for them. Same, same with the tag team called the Fantastics. I think you've I seen some it, of that. Yeah. The ZZ yeah, Top, yeah, yeah. Sharp, sharp Dressed Man, um, which was incredible. Yeah. So this is, this is, uh, you know, this wasn't one of the top ones, but this was still pretty good fun, and it had, you know, lots of read highlights, including some training sequences plus his baby face turn against Buddy Landell um, with some real funky '80s beats going on in the background. And they closed yeah. it out interestingly with. Um, 
that had the credits actually kind of rolling but disappearing into the distance over the top of it, which is a kind of new thing they'd use as well. And they showed the final bit of the, of the thing was Reed pinning former WWF champion, the Iron Sheik, right at the end, which I suspect was in there though it had been almost a year since Sheik, actually probably almost a year to the day since Iron Sheik won the title from Bob Backlund, but that was a shot at the WWF without any doubt mm. there, and that's why they sure. ended it with that. So you like this uh, melee, is it melee Mel? Did you do the, or Mel Mel? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I like, I mean, anything, it's just iconic, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that kind of, that early sort of, uh, early rap, I suppose you could say, like that was a, that was, massive at the time but developed into something even bigger and, and it's just so so 80s isn't it the whole, yeah. the whole package i mean it's it's great big time so uh, as i mentioned this was a far from stellar episode of mid-south wrestling but right at the end they, they picked things up with this um this butch reed video package um any closing thoughts on the december 22nd 1984 episode of mid-south wrestling uh, I think that, as you said, it wasn't uh, an episode that really seemed to move anything forward. There were a yes. couple of nice moments, uh, a couple of fun moments, a couple of fun pieces of commentary. <laughs> Anti-American was, was, <laughs> was great. Um, but yeah, in terms of development of stories and characters, I don't feel like there was a, a lot no. there, really. Hold, holding pattern, absolutely, uh, here. Mm. Peter, thank and you. Why would, that, why, would Sorry, that, why would that, I was just going to say, why would that have been? You know, why, what, what, would that have been because it was close to Christmas? And, and, you know. So um, there would, there's, there's a few reasons that you get shows like this. Sometimes they have a taping where the taping takes place. So, so, the, so something important to note here is when you, when you go in and out of breaks on this show, you would be getting normally the um, local promos for the house shows. So the bit that we don't see is if you're watching it in New Orleans, you'd get the promo for um, the, the, you know, the, the New Orleans show coming up with whoever the main event is, etc. But you don't get that on the television show. So what, what it might have been is that um, this show was basically taped before a big show so they couldn't advance the next set of storylines because the show hadn't happened yet so you do get that sometimes from 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 it where, where actually not very much happens yeah. but just kind of like it's kind of a bit of a holding pattern i suspect that probably what it was because because i i think around christmas they would have been running some big shows um and this would have aired just you know just the weekend before christmas but they, they you know they couldn't really advance anything so that's the you know that's the reason really um, but Pete, thank you very much for guest hoping, hoping yeah, guest hosting. Hopefully, we can see you again in the future. Um, and I want to thank everyone for listening uh, for this year. Um, and I really want to wish you all a very happy and most importantly, safe Christmas. Um, and I'll speak to you all again very soon.
Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, why not head over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button, follow on Spotify, or press whatever you need to where you listen to this show to receive the episodes as soon as they are released. We love reviews at Mid-South Moments, so why don't you make my day by leaving a five-star rating? Also, if you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out at Mid Moments on Twitter, and I look forward to speaking with you all again very, very soon.